Hi, this is James Christian from the House of Lords, and you are listening to Focus on Metal. Listen up. Focus Hey, Metalhead, Scott here. And me again. Welcoming you to that which we call Focus on Metal. How are we doing, man? I'm good. Good? Good. Three weeks in a row. It's getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like a regular thing. I don't mind. I, always, oh. I said I wanted to try and do more discussion. Yeah, and and that and I, and it, that's part of the fun, right? And that is kind of the whole, why a lot of people liked us in the beginning was it was kind of like, you know, I, I remember one early listener, he would always write about the fact that he would listen like take his dog for long walks and just it was like being with his friends back in the bar discussing metal and stuff and it, it kind of made him feel good so it's it's good to get back to some of that again mm, i know? think you bring that up about the discussion i think a lot of the podcasts now are going to have to put in more discussion because of the whole spotify i was thinking thing. about that the other, actually i was thinking about that literally at the stoplight on the way to work this morning i was kind of waiting for it to change Staring at the bowling alley, and somehow it popped into my head about this whole, you know, playing music, not playing music, and all that. And uh, it's a sucky position. That, yeah, because if people don't know, there's a lot of podcasts, and we're friends with a lot of them. Uh, they got taken off Spotify yeah. because they were playing music on it. Yeah. And, and Universal basically said no. Uh, which is. Which legally they're entitled to do. Yeah, they are. But it's like if you're. You, you literally you get you're getting free freaking support for your artist, free support, and and you're getting support that's not just seen but heard. Magazines aren't selling shitloads. You're not taking out print ads, anyways. Commercial radio aren't playing a lot of it either. Exactly, commercial radio is not playing any of it. Yeah, for the most part, definitely. right? And it's not like people are. Um, you know, stealing the song out of the podcast because almost all of our cohorts. They're not playing whole songs either. No. They're playing snippets. They're letting you know what it sounds like, and they're talking about it. And they're your best freaking advertising possible because you're listening to that guy because you know what their tastes are, and you understand what they look for in music. You know, Our listeners know what you like. Our listeners know what I like. And if you're recommending something or you talk highly about something and they know what you like and their taste is similar to yours, there's a good chance that they're going to spend their dollars on that. It's the best freaking of both worlds, and, it, yeah. and it's costing the labels nothing. Yeah, I've they had, can continue to be greedy I've bastards. A, I've had a lot of people hitting me up saying they got it. You know, they like this band because I recommended an album, and some of them say, "Yeah, I got it, and I didn't like it." And uh-huh. I'm like, "Okay, well, I like it, and you didn't. That's right. that's fine too." And I've had people that email me and, and are like, "Son of a bitch, you made me go broke again." <laughs> you know, and and yeah, I just I don't understand it because again, it's it's free. You know yeah. what I mean? You're getting all this advertising and recommendations for free. It's frustrating because a lot of these guys have been doing the podcast for years. Yeah. And the Decibel Geek guys, we, you've, you know, you've spoken to Chris and I've messaged him back and forth, Chris Sinzak. Yeah. Um, they'll do special episodes on yeah. albums or they'll do, they'll, they have this episode, I think, called Radio Sucks, where they'll play uh-huh. a lot of stuff that won't, they do. radio won't play. It's kind of like when we do, we do our music discovery episodes. Yeah, yeah. All those episodes are out the window now, they're gone. They can't yeah. do them anymore. Yeah. Um, so you have all these bands that probably want their music to be out there and played, uh-huh. 
uh, I've lost a lot of avenues now for doing it because Universal have said, no, sorry, no, you're not allowed to put any music on Spotify unless you you pay and right. all that kind of shit. And you have to think that all the other podcast platforms are probably going to follow. Yeah, more than likely. More, well, you know, well, I think it's a given that they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'll see what happens then, but some might make some podcasts just go away. Yeah. yeah. Um, they just don't want to do it anymore if they can't help support the artist. Well, that's what, you know, that's kind of what, what Mark Striegel said, right? I mean, as he had a very angry Twitter, um, I think it was the day of that all this stuff went down and it was like, yeah, this is, you know, why do I want to do this anymore? Well, if you have a guy who does the podcast on his own, yeah, he's fucked. Unless he's really good at talking right. on his, to himself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, to make this work, it really does work better when you have two people. It does, yeah. Or three people on, on the mic. Right. It's, it's for, if, if you Unless had a you guy... The, who was it? Who's the, the guy from uh, Rock and Roll Geek? Um, Michael Butler. Yeah, thank you. You know, I mean, he's been doing it for years just talking to himself for the most part. Yeah. He does a pretty good job at it. Yeah, but you, you know, we're able to name him. There's yeah. not that many. No, they're like, All the other guys have, have two, yeah. two guys in. Yeah. Or, oh, sure, or they have uh, a guest uh, Shiaki. Um, Metal Moment. Yeah. He was doing it by himself for, for a long time. Yeah, but yeah. how long were his episodes? I don't were, remember. Were, were they long? Um, they were typically half hour, hour. So if you, had a, if, you had a, if you had a guy that did it on his own, right? Of course, he, he got to do double the talk because he would do it in English and then in Japanese. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's two people. <laughs> <laughs> but if you have a guy doing it on his own, uh-huh. okay, and he, he does an interview, okay, he can't play music now. Yeah. And what about, what about some weeks where he can't get an interview? Yeah. Is all of a sudden he's looking at the screen going, fuck, how do I fill an hour just talking? Yep. On my own. Yep. And he, you know, I'm not saying he, the person's not going to do it, but after a few weeks, you kind of think, if the guy said, fuck it, you kind of went, go, oh, yeah, I understand your pain. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a shitty situation. And I, like I said, I just, it, it boggles my mind that, and, and maybe, maybe I've um, jaded in my opinion on it, but again, it's, you know, when we were growing up, you had things like, you know, Cream and Circus and Kerrang and all, you know, and they had broad readership and record labels invested a lot of money in putting in the print ads and all of that stuff. And, and you had an interview and you had the print ads and you had all this stuff going on. And there was a good chance that somebody on the radio was going to be playing some of that stuff, too. And none of that happens nowadays. None of it. And and if you do have um, uh, an, uh, a review of an album, that review is in it's in Guitar World. It's in Vintage Guitar. It's in Premier. I mean, it's in all. So it's and they all run about the same. And you also don't know the guy that's reviewing it. Is he? Is that like the eighteenth review he's done that week? Does he really is you know what kind of music is he really into like any of that kind of stuff? So you don't really you, you don't have a personality behind what the, you know people are saying. Some of the other stuff you kind of do like you know when the guys in in um, in like uh, Guitar World or Premier Guitar if they're reviewing like a, a a bass or a guitar or an effects box or something like that, I know those reviewers and I know like where their tastes run and stuff. 
And so, you know, I know that like, like Charles Soulfly, he's got kind of a, he's more like the, the, the punk ethic and all that. And typically like my mindset isn't the same as his. So a lot of stuff that he doesn't like or that he likes, I'm probably going to be, I have no idea what to do with this. But then you got someone like Joe Gore and I look at it and go, yeah, okay, I get what Joe's talking about. All right. I understand that. I understand that plugin. Oh, I could probably use that plugin kind of thing. So you can get that, but you can't get that a lot for a lot of these people that are reviewing albums. It just can't. And podcasts are the way to do it. Do you think that's going to affect, this is something I actually, I don't think I've heard. Now, I've listened to a few podcasts that have talked about the Spotify thing. Yeah. They've all come out with episodes since it happened. And I don't think I've heard one uh, say, will that affect them getting guests on the show from a PR standpoint because they can't play the music? to back up the interview. I don't think it'll affect the, their ability to get guests. I don't think so either, but I, I'm just... Because again, you know, as independent guys, you know, we're not, we're not in, in uh, these labels and stuff. They're not paying for advertising on our sites or anything like that. We don't have any kind of financial link to them. So we, we're pretty much um, good third-party folks and a lot of us have been doing this for a long time so we ask a lot of shit that magazines don't ask we're helping them for free you know <laughs> really um, and a lot of us are very conversational when we do it as well which is another thing yeah. i think people like is yeah. they're like yeah if i was sitting down next to that dude at the bar you know what would i what would i talk to him about kind of thing you know you think about i'll go back to the you know talking about that raisin hell book right one of the great poignant stories in there was Scott Ian, first time in London, in the pub, meets Lemmy. Yeah. And what's Lemmy want to do? Talk about Scott Ian's band. Mm-hmm. And, and that's almost like, like the best podcast possible right there. You know, so when I, that's kind of how that touched me was like, that's kind of why people listen to podcasts. Yeah. Would be that, you know, and that would be a great podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I it's, it. I just don't get what what they're trying to do. <laughs> is it? I mean, is it going to is it going to increase their revenues by doing that? No, not at all. Definitely not. It's not going to happen. Definitely not. Um, so, if if anything, it's it's going to go around the other way and and decrease their revenues. And wh- I mean, what are they going to do now? Tell also tell YouTube like don't don't play our stuff. Uh, well, I think a lot of YouTube are like that anyway, that you couldn't really play music if you were posting stuff up there as well. No, but you've got, you've got all these labels that are, are posting, you know, so like a lot of stuff that, you know, if, if I play a song because of the way licensing works, like I can't play something that hasn't been released yet. Yes, yes. But the album may not have been released, but they've already released a single on YouTube, yeah, yeah. which means we could put a sample out of it because yeah. it's been released to the public, dom- you know, public space. Correct. Um, so are they going to, st- like, People could still go and download it off of YouTube. Yeah, how far down the rabbit hole do these companies like, want to go? Like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. It's I've, I from I understand from a legal standpoint why they're doing it, but the t- it's like why now? Like this has been going on for years. Uh huh. Um, are we really hurting you that much? You know, I, I mean, either you want to take a stand on it. I mean, if there's, I mean, I guess it's one thing if you've got a, a show that is doing that all they do 
is somebody is almost like doing a jukebox podcast kind of thing, and every week they're just playing songs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, I, I don't know. I, to me, I, I think, you know, we, we talk a little bit about it, play a sample, and we move on kind of thing is, is different. Yeah, but normally we'll tie the music into the artists we have on the show. Yes, maybe. exactly. Maybe. Not always. Like you have track of the week and all that, and some, sometimes that's something completely different. Right, and I've had some stuff where I just, I, I'll pull some, I, I haven't done it for a while, but, you know, I got the From the Vaults thing where I'll just pull something out of my library that's like some almost unknown, you know, new album single or whatever and, yeah. and play a sample off of it. And yeah. Have people go, oh, I've never heard of that band. And, mm. and I go back and, and check it out. Or, oh, wow, who played in that band kind of thing? Um, haven't done it for a while, but um, well, yeah, the most The most frustrating stuff. thing for me is an, as a guy interviewing someone is when you talk to him about the songs and then you can't fucking play any of them. Yeah. That really is frustrating. Yeah. Like, we're ta- the day we're talking now, I interviewed someone today. I was sent one track. Yeah. And the guy asked me, did I hear the record? And I said, I was only sent one song. Yeah. And he starts talking to me about all these other songs on it. Yeah. I hadn't even been given any of them. Uh-huh. That is so fucking frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we can't play any of that. And right. And then, of course, now... With the universal thing, they can't fucking play any of it. Yeah. You know, it's like, really? It's just, I don't know. Head scratcher. Yeah. I mean, it, it, scratcher. to me, I mean, at least it's, it's, it's good that we're pretty well positioned that we've, you know, done this for enough years, that we have enough traffic back about people that want to get their artists on the show. And we got, a, you know, a good conversational capability with artists to, you know, a lot of them we've had on three, four, five, six times. So they're also willing to, to shoot the shit about other things, too, because, you know, we kind of, you know, we'll ask them other questions about other things, too. So they're not just talking about how, how did uh, Jimmy used to say it? It's our best album. The producer was awesome. Like, like it, it's we go further than that. Nick as well. Wall summed it up to me really well. He said that when he started interviews, he never went in with anything written down. Uh huh. He'd ask him, yeah, we know your new album's the best ever. Yeah, we know you had a great time making it. Now let's talk about something real. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the, that's the way you, you try and get an interview. Yeah. You know, structured or not structured to, to end up going. You uh-huh. want to go somewhere where it's, it's not a question and answer session. Yeah. Not all of them are like, some of them are question and answer. You just can't do anything about it. No, some um, of the guys, that's just what they're used to or they've got a PR guy that's like, Stick to this. Or young young bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, anyways, um, yeah, that, that, that definitely sucks. Um, well, where was I going? Oh, yeah, um, Jimmy Bell. So our, our guest this week, I don't know if I even said it, have I? No. Nope. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, you had a chat with Jimmy Bell. Yeah, I, I hit Jimmy up again. Yeah, uh, which again, another repeat. I text Jimmy back and forth every now and again, and he's a great guy. He, he, um, we're in Boston, Massachusetts. He's in Connecticut, right? And he's lived in Connecticut for a while. And um, we had him on, I think, for the last House of Lords record. Yep. And you know, I shut the shit with him about his Aussie audition and all that. And he got the gig with Autograph. And um, the last time I texted him, he said. He, He'd love to come back on and talk about getting the gig and autograph. And I asked him, would he talk about the new House of Lords album? So we did that. And um, I think I spoke like 
50 minutes. Mm. See, this, this this woman is no PR, no none that bullshit, no yeah. 20 minutes, no half an hour, no real agendas, you know, to the interview. Yeah, those you know, are the best ones. Yeah, autograph, yeah, House of Lords, yeah, now let's talk about a lot of other shit. Yeah. And um, just a really great guy. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that he, he seems to have gotten a steady gig with, a, with autograph because he's done seven or eight records with House of Lords. They don't play that much. And he's one of these nearly guys. He mm-hmm. always came across when I spoke, especially the first time I spoke to him, he nearly got the Aussie gig. Yeah. Zach Wilde got it. Yeah. And then he had a couple of other nearly, he was in a band with Geezer Butler and they were just about to start doing stuff. Yeah. And then they got back with Ronnie James Dio <laughs> and the Humanizer. And I'm like, he was always nearly. Yeah. And, um, great player. Uh, not not as big a name as probably as as he as he should be from sure. that era. Yeah. Like if you're nearly getting the Aussie gig, you're a fucking good guitar player. Yeah. Right. Um. So he's got new House of Lords. He's got steady gig now at Autograph, which is great. Yeah. Just a great guy to talk to. Real down to earth. Uh huh. You know, real open, real honest, funny. Yeah. Um. I'm hoping to go see him actually in. Uh, they're playing a gig in July the 11th in Enfield, Connecticut with Vixen and Slaughter. It's huh. a free show. Really? Yeah, it's, um, it's part of their July 4th celebration. And when he said it was free, I said, no, I think I'll try and get down to that. It's about an hour and a half drive from here. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not that far. I've never seen Autograph or Vixen yeah. or Slaughter. And I've interviewed Mark, I've interviewed Roxy, I've interviewed Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, so that'd be, uh, that'd be a nice drive down. And it's on a Saturday. Scott, Is it? Yeah, looking at his phone now. <laughs> I'm like, what's that date? July hmm. the 11th. Hmm. Your yeah, birthday right. is the 7th, isn't it? Mine's yeah. the 8th. Yeah. Yeah, I might try and swing that with the wife saying, eh, birthday present, road trip. Ah, that might be a doable thing, man. Hmm. You seen Vixen? Uh, back in the 80s, yeah. W- opening for someone or headlining? I can't even remember. what. Yeah, I think they were opening, but I can't even remember who the bill was. What of a slaughter? Yeah, it was back then. Well, I saw them recently, and yeah, that before was then, interesting. Did, before um, then, did you see him when when Kiss girlfriend Winger still went over out? That one, she's like, I can't believe how bad his voice was. Um, I saw a slaughter back then too, and I don't, I can't remember what the bill was for that either because that was going through a lot of shows. Did you see Vinnie Vincent Invasion? That is a no. You did? Oh, you didn't no. see him? Didn't no. see him in Iron Maiden? No. 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 Okay. We already said no, so that was a silly question yeah. to ask you. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, because I might have gone, oh, wait a minute. Mm. But no, I, yeah, I don't, yeah. But yeah, I went I went to a lot of gigs back then Yeah, with a lot of bad behavior. But that's a free gig, and I'm like, well, I could probably get hooked up anyway. Yeah. But um, th- that's a pretty interesting gig for nothing. Yeah, you kind of wonder who's putting who's, up the spread for who's that. Who's putting up the money? <laughs> yeah. Are you an autograph fan? I don't really know much about them, other than... Turn up your radio. Yeah, they had some good songwriting chops. They had some good players in the band. Um, it's too bad that they were really only known for that one song. But uh, they were, you know, they they feature pretty heavily on um, on Bob's uh, Inside LA Metal series and stuff too. They were they had a name. Were they another band that were heavier? And then the label got them and said, right, let's, let's yeah. put, up, put up the keyboards yeah. and turn, turn yeah. down the guitar. Well, that and also then just the way that, um, that you know, kind of, uh, what the guy's name? Uh, the guitarist? 
the the main songwriter kind of also kind of put more of the melodicism into it as well. So okay, um, where did big? Most people only know that one song. Where, okay. Turn up the radio. That's where, all. They were know. they an arena band? Yeah, they were. They were. Yeah. Okay. But that was kind of. But they were. You know, you, you they co-headline with somebody else. And they toured and stuff. But um, a lot of people only knew that that like one song. Okay. But then back then here you could do that. And people come see you. So one song would get you in an yeah. arena. Yeah. Okay. So when are we talking? Eighty four, eighty five, around then. Uh, Not the late eighties. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking eighty five, eighty six, somewhere in there. Yeah. I would have known. I would have known him in the late eighties, and I don't remember Kerrang really ever covering them. Yeah. Which is why I'm asking you where they in arena act. Yeah, they 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 toured pretty heavily. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So good for Jimmy. Yeah. Glad for him. All right. What do you say we run it? Sure. All right. Jimmy? Richie. Hey, how, hey. You, how you doing? I, I, for, I forgot all about this. I was sitting here practicing my uh, playing to my set, you know, uh, my, my you know, with a live video from uh, my first show with the band. And I was sitting here practicing, and, man, I just happened to look over. I, I saw my phone going off, and I, I didn't recognize the number. I don't know why. And... And then I just said, oh, he left a message. Let me see. So I picked it up. It was you. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, Sorry. You're good. So where are you, in Connecticut? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm in my, uh, yeah, right here in Weathersfield. Okay. I'm um, I'm in Sudbury, Mass. I'm, a, I'm probably about an hour north of you. Oh, okay. So yeah, I, think I, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a lot, a lot of things to talk about. One of the first questions I normally ask guitar players, and I, I'm nearly sure I never asked you the last time we talked. Um, how many guitars do you have in your house? Sixty. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, the last time I counted, it was very close to 60. Uh, maybe, you know, 55, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, of course you get them, you have them like all over the place and... <laughs> I've got, you know, got some at my fiance's house, you know, they're, they're just everywhere. I got, you know, guitars on the bed, on this bed, uh, all over, you know, there's a second half of the bed where they're just laying all over that. One right next to me on a nightstand, uh, two across me. I'm looking in cases right now. I got, uh, I'll tell you right here, hold on. I got, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten of them just right here. Oh, oh hold on. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15, uh, 15 right here. Just, wow. Just this, yeah, so it's, you know, they, they add up quick. No, I mean, you know, some of them are, you know, great. You know, some of them I really like. Nothing vintage. You know, I, I'm, you know, don't forget, I don't know if you, if we talked about it, but I'm sure you remember I'm left-handed. Hmm. So, so um, uh, being a lefty, uh, you just, uh, I, and I don't play vintage guitars because I wouldn't play in stock anyway. Um, and if you're going to play a vintage guitar, you want to keep it stock. You don't want to touch it and cut it up or, you know, but I have certain things. I have to have my vinyl control in a certain spot. Let me get you here. My top is switching a certain place. So even like with my uh, Charvel guitars that I got, the, uh, the SoCal's that I got for the autograph thing, because I had to, you know, go back to using a whammy bar. Um, I haven't used a whammy bar since the 80s. Uh, so when I got the gig with Autograph, you know, it, 
you know, a lot of the things required, uh, you know, doing dive bombs and, you know, the whole 80s thing, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I had to go back to using a, a guitars with Floyd Rose tremolos. And I only had one left out of my, I had like 15 guitars from Kramer back in the eighties when I was endorsed for him. And the only one that I kept, you know, you know, you do stupid things, you get rid of things, you go, Oh, I'm never going to use this again. And, and of course now I could, you know, definitely be using all of those guitars. I wish I had them. Um, but I have the one Kramer that I, you know, did my audition with Ozzy and played with Geezer Butler and the one that's in the movie with Michael J. Fox, Joan Chat. So it's, it's got a little, sentimental history to it uh, so I, I hanged I hung on to that one uh, but that one's in, in no shape for me to play to be playing it out so um, so I had to get a couple uh, new guitars just for autograph and um, the uh, uh, my cousin uh, David Bell is with Fender um, and uh, you know and, and Fender is uh, Jackson and Charvel so he managed to uh, very quickly get me these Charvels because I needed them really fast uh, when the when the when I got the call that I was doing the gig. Mm. Now, and, you know, and I get other companies that are making me guitars, and I I you know really appreciate that. You know, I've got a couple other companies that I, I still work with, independent, not not uh, big big name companies, smaller ones, and I like giving those guys you know fair play is also you know giving them an opportunity. Mm. Jimmy, is there a particular favorite guitar, maybe maybe a couple of guitars that you have a real attachment to, that if the house caught fire, they'd be the ones you grab first? Well, yeah, yeah, there's so there's there's so many of them. Well, I, I, honestly, it's I would have to take my Charvels because they're, they're the most important things that I'm using right now, and I have to. I mean, all my guitars, like I said, especially because I'm left-handed. Are, are very special to me. Uh, not all of them are great by any means. You know, I have some things and I have some guitars and parts, you know, some of them don't even have pickups in them, you know, just things that I've destroyed over the years. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would probably grab these Charvels right now. Um, cause they're very sturdy and reliable. But I mean, all these other companies that are making me guitars, Roberts guitars in Florida, CDX uh, guitars out of uh, North Carolina, um, and, uh, funk guitars out of Texas, they just, uh, sent me a really nice guitar as well. So, I mean, they're, they all mean a lot to me, but, uh, if I had to run out of a house, I, I would grab one of my sharp elves because, <laughs> you know, none of my other guitars have whammy bars on them. Mm. You know, that's another reason. So, mm. but I have to, I do have to say, um, on these Charvel SoCal's, that they're, you know, that's short for Southern California. Uh, uh, I absolutely think this is the best guitar neck that I've ever had on any guitar uh, for some reason. And I actually tell the other guitar builders that are making the guitars to try and copy it. I go, go find the Charvel SoCal, get the measurements from it, and whatever it is they put on there for uh, uh, their material, they have a gel that they put on Um on the neck and it just is incredible. I go, so try to copy that exactly. Mm. And that's kind of where I'm at with those, with those companies. Yeah. Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about autograph because you've, you've joined them since I last spoke to you. Uh, let's start in the beginning. How did you get the gig with the band? Um, well, 
Oh, I I am uh, I actually met the guys back in the '80s playing a NAMM show. I was endorsed by Kramer, uh, so I played a show uh, um, in Chicago. Chicago had a NAMM show for a while, uh, and they had this thing called the, the the Kramer Duncan, which is Seymour Duncan, the Kramer Duncan Jam, and it was hosted. At, you know, they had it at some big hotel. This one happened to be at a theater, and the band I was in uh, joined forces they were called uh joint forces and uh we played with a bunch of other people like van halen was there everybody that was endorsed by kramer was there and autograph happened to play so i met steve lynch and randy many many years ago and about four years ago um a band i was in um called max explosion i'm, I'm actually still do some shows with them which is uh Chris McCarville, who was in House of Lords, and DJ Zampa, who's in House of Lords. Uh, both of them are, are now playing with Dokken as well. Um, they, uh, we, we played a show with the current lineup of autographs uh, at a, a, you know, a venue here in Massachusetts. called uh, It was called The Cannery. It was in Southbridge, Mass. And um, I, I saw Steve come in, and, uh, you know, we started chatting, and, uh, you know, he remembered the, the whole ordeal of us playing together. And, uh, you know, we sort of became friends again. Uh, I talked with Randy and I met the guys like that. So then the next time when they played at the Mohegan Sun Arena, I went down and hung out with them. And that's how uh, I built up a friendship. Like every time they came down, you know, two or three times after that, I, I was always there uh, hanging out with them. And uh, one, one day, um, uh, in late July, last July, I, uh, I, I wake up and on Facebook, there's a, I see an announcement. I, you know, Steven announces he quit autographs. He's forming a new project with his uh, fiance. And that's, uh, and that was the end of it. So I said, Jesus, I said, I, I'd really like to do this. So I, I, cause you know, House of Words wasn't, doesn't play much at all. And I, so I, I messaged Randy right away, uh, Randy Rand. I said, Randy, hey, um, I know you're probably getting thousands of phone calls right now, but I said, I'd like an opportunity to audition for the band. And, uh, he said, well, we have a very short list and you've just been added, you know, cause they all, yeah, I would post videos of myself just shredding on, on, on Facebook and Randy would always comment on them, especially ones that are like, you know, not typical rock. I'd sometimes, sometimes post like a country type video or so, you know, something a little different than just, you know, your typical shredding. And so, uh, you know, Randy, you know, really liked the way I played. So he talked to the guys and what they, they gave me three songs. They said, well, here, you're going to learn these three songs. And they said, we don't care what you do, but the, uh, you could do change anything you want. The only solo you have to do is, is turn up the radio. That one's kind of, you got to kind of play that. And I, I pretty much already knew that solo anyway. So I said, no problem. So, uh, I learned the three songs and I, I still had plenty of time before the, uh, audition. I said, geez, you know, let me, let me keep going. So I, I, I grab some order songs, you know, and started learning and started learning and working on vocal parts. And I think that really impressed them that I, I took the initiative to like, you know, go further with it instead of just worrying about the three songs, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I called Simon up and FaceTime with him and, 
and go over vocal parts. So I guess it was pretty much the fact that, you know, they, they could have gotten anybody, but I was really determined and I really wanted it. And I showed that I really wanted it. Uh, and plus I really liked the guys. I, 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 you know, friend wise, we get along incredible. We always have first time that I met them. So that makes it even that much better. So anyways, what turned into three songs ended up being their whole set. And before I even went out to do the audition, Randy calls and says, okay, we're, you're just going to play the next three gigs with us. <laughs> so uh, I said, what? And he said, yeah, we just, you know, we'll see how it goes. Just, just do the next, you know, play the next three shows. So, uh, you know, that really got my, my blood going and I was, you know, so thrilled. And I uh, flew to LA and, uh, you know, we rehearsed, we played one song and we knew they just, they knew it. I knew it, that it was a perfect match. And everything, the band clicked as if we had been playing together for years. It didn't even sound like a, like a rehearsal or a one-time thing. It just automatically sounded like we've been on stage together for years. And that was a certain magic that you don't get all the time. Mm. And uh, you couldn't ask for better. Mm. You bring up a couple of interesting points there, Jimmy. I've spoken to many musicians now, and they've had to replace band members late in the game. And, what a lot of them tell me is we all know the guy can play. That's a given. It's at this stage, it's whether they can get on with him as personally, if they're out on the road with them because of all the downtime. It, it, it's, it's one of the most important things. Uh, honestly, if you know, there's, there's a million great players, but then if you get the, uh, you get anybody in your band, uh, it, 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 you know, that's got a, bad attitude or, or a major ego or a drinking or a drug problem. You know, you get to, you know, sometimes people will get people in the band and then all of a sudden their, their habits come out because you don't know them, you know, mm. <laughs> you know, they don't know, they don't know who they are. You know, I, I, you know, I don't drink, I don't do anything. I'm a, I drink Coke zero. That's my, my week. <laughs> my, <laughs> the extent of my uh, bad habit is a Coke zero. Um, but, uh, it's it's funny because that happens happens a lot. You know, people get these amazing musicians, and then they find out, you know, that they they can't get along with them. And this, I think, one of the worst things is is getting you know having to deal with someone if they have a really you know big ego and stuff like that because you can't work with somebody like that. I mean, you hear stories of uh, even the famous artists that are already like that that are you know certain guitar players or whatever that are very headstrong. The rest of the band members can't even work with them. You know, it's, it's very difficult. So it's, it's great when everybody just gets along and, you know, you have to be on the same page hmm. and get along as friends and you got to respect the other people. You know, if somebody like, I would always ask those guys, is that okay? You know, not like I, you know, I will always do that too. Uh, in writing, like I'm writing songs with them right now. We just finished uh, my just finished my first one. I, I send them tons of ideas, but we finally completed one uh, that's uh, in the mixing stages. So it'll be the first song that I've done with aut- autograph uh, called "Souls on Fire," and um, it's killer. I, I love it. It's got a great riff, and and uh, I think we're going to release it in March. And 
I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I always, you got to work with them like that when you're, when you're writing, you don't just, you know, you, you ask for feedback. What do you think? Uh, what, what can you want to add something here? Or you want to change this around? You know, these, these people are your family now and that's how you look at it. They're like your brothers, your sisters, whatever. And you gotta, you gotta, you know, work together as much as possible. You know, mm. it's no getting around it. Yeah. Jimmy, how soon after you, you played with autograph, did you sit down and talk about writing new material? Was, was that something that happened from the very beginning or because you gelled so well, you figured, yeah, now we can maybe try and write. Oh, no, no. I, I actually sent Randy an idea uh, within uh, pretty fast, like before I even went out to L.A. and did the audition. I said, Randy, you know, how I work with writing is, you know, I, I'm able to write for whatever um, whatever band I happen to be with. So, like, you know, I write differently for House of Lords, like House of Lords is a melodic rock band, so I you know, I, I know how to write for that band. Uh, you know, certain changes that you'll do. Autograph is more of a rock band. Uh, so I had these, you know, uh, these rock riffs that, you know, and I probably mentioned it in our last interview of what a huge ACDC fan I am. That was always my favorite band in the world. And I like just straight ahead dashing rock uh, like that. You know, even... Even though I, my guitar playing is more is a, a more on the shredding style and uh, uh, a bit you know a bit crazier, I'm not I'm not into the uh, instrumentals or the I'm not a huge you know uh, a huge fan of the neoclassical style uh, you know because there's so many guys that play that so incredible and uh, I, I just like rock songs you know I I like ACDC I like ACDC songs with maybe more shredding solos in them. That, that would be, you know, that's, that's <laughs> what I love. You know, that's, that's how I think. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, you know, with autograph, I'm getting to do some of that more straight ahead bashing chords, because that's what a lot of their songs are like. Mm. So, uh, I came up with this, you know, I, I was already sending riffs to them, uh, right off the bat. Because uh, okay. I'm, I write all the time. Mm. Uh, that's the way it is. J- Jimmy, how does it affect, your other bands. I'm, I'm assuming now Autograph is the main focus for you now when it comes to playing live shows and, and recording. But I know you're, you're in a lot of other bands as well, besides House of Lords. Do you kind of have to not look too far ahead with those and, and book shows because, you know, Autograph could maybe add shows as the, as you go through the yeah. summer? Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a difficult thing. I've had to cancel a couple of shows because honestly... Um, I, I've been doing this for so long, so many years, uh, you know, and this opportunity that I have now with autograph is something that I, I've been wanting to do for a long time. I've been, you know, I was really hoping that house of Lords would have had a lot more shows, uh, you know, play a lot more festival, you know, every once in a while house of Lords to go do a tour in Europe, uh, you know, a couple weeks, sometimes three, and, you know, and then we come home and there's nothing for a year until we do another record, you know. It's not like we're doing separate dates in the U.S. We had one show last year that we did in Canada. So it's, you know, this, doing what I'm doing with Autograph is exactly what I've been wanting to do forever, playing, you know, playing festivals with other with other artists and playing for, you know, big big groups of people, you know, you know, many fans and 
and everything. And well, let me tell you something. It wasn't, uh, I, I thought it was going to be, um, a lot more of a difficult transition into autograph than it was because, you know, Steve was, uh, uh, one of the main people of autograph. And honestly, it went incredible because I guess I really, you know, I really worked hard on the stuff. So when we did our first show and it came out as good as it did, um, you know, all their fans just like, you know, were like, you know, Oh my God, this is, just came out great, you know? So I, I think they were, you know, probably expecting, oh, it's going to take time for them to, you know, get the sky worked in and everything. But it, it wasn't, we, like I said, it, it was like we played together for years and it was like a quick transition mm. and their, their, their fans accepted me like right off the bat, which made me feel really, really great. Sorry to, to answer your question. Yes. It, it's, it's you know, I'm having to juggle things around. Yeah. Mm, mm, <laughs> okay, yeah. As, as someone who's a fan of the band like yourself, um, since you've joined, have you been trying to push maybe some of the lesser known songs to maybe add them to the set here and there? Um, no, actually, I, I like the songs that they picked. In fact, I have to tell you, I really like playing... Um, you know, they released a, an album a couple years back called Get Off Your Ass, and there's some amazing songs on that record. Now, I know, like, you know, a lot of fans might want to, oh, well, you know, the diehard fans always want to hear the old stuff and everything, but I like the songs that they chose because we do three songs from the new record, and I really like those uh, a lot. And, you know, we've changed things up, you know, uh, when they when they got Simon in the band seven years ago, uh, you know they made a decision back then that they weren't gonna, you know, they didn't want keyboards anymore. They wanted to, you know, you know, have just a big fat guitar sound and you know make the band a little different. And it's just fantastic. It, it really is. It's uh, I I love Simon's voice. And I, I love, uh, Mark is an incredible drummer. He's, he's, he locks into the pocket with Randy and Randy is, is a phenomenal bass player. And, you know, I'm, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not talking about these bass players that have a million shots that, that play lead guitar on bass. I'm talking about a guy that locks in a groove with a drummer. And that to me is what a bass player is supposed to do. The bass player is supposed to lock in with the drummer and lay it down for the band. Um, I don't even care if a guy plays just goes on one note, boom, boom, boom. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> as long as it's locked in with that kick drum, and the, the drummer and the, and the bass player are in sync with each other. Uh, but yeah, so it's I haven't you know uh, said hey let's let's do this song you know like for uh, the Monsters of Rock Cruise we're going to do uh, two other songs but I had learned them anyway but we I haven't played them with the band yet live. Okay. Uh, on the show. We're going to be doing Dance All Night and She Never Looks So Good to Me, which I really love that song. She Never Looks So Good to Me. Hmm. Uh, for me. She Never Looks So Good for Me. Sorry. Um, so how, how, long, how long, Jimmy, are you going to get to spend on the boat? Um, I'm going to be on the boat from the 8th to the 13th. Nice. Yeah, it's the whole, the whole cruise. I mean, obviously you can't, <laughs> say okay, I'm done playing. I gotta go. <laughs> mm. 
uh, helicopter comes in and picks you off the boat. It's uh, it's uh, you're on it. Yeah, we're we're playing um, we're playing actually the first night that the boat sails, and we're we're closing uh, the pool stage, which is a which is a great gig at twelve thirty. Uh, that's going to be pretty insane. Uh, and then we have another one uh, at the Royal Theater on uh, Tuesday, I believe. And I'm also playing the Rare Hair Jam uh, with all, you know many great artists. Uh, and so I'm really psyched about that. We're going to actually doing House of Lords all I do and can't find my way home uh, during that jam. So I'm pretty excited for that. Nice. Uh, are there any other bands on the boat that you want to maybe try and see if you have the time? Oh yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm a. I love uh, Extreme. I'm a huge fan of Nuno. I think he's uh, one of the greatest guitar players there is. I, I I've I've known him for for years. Uh, not really well, but you know we played gigs together back in the day before Extreme ever even made it. Um, my friends are you know friends are. Ruben Cook in black and blue, and uh, of course I want to see uh, Doug Aldridge. Hey guys, this is Doug Aldridge from Burning Rain and White Snake, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Definitely, uh, I definitely want to see Reb. Hey, this is Red Beach from White Snake, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Uh, Red Beach play, and, and Joel, you know Joel Hookstra. Um, hey everybody, this is Joel Hookstra of White Snake, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. I'm going to see whoever I can, but the thing is, I'm. I'm such a freak that I'll be in my room the entire time practicing until at the day of a show. Once the show, like once I know I'm done performing, like I know I don't have anything going on Wednesday, I'll be going everywhere Wednesday, uh, whatever, who's ever playing. I'll be looking at everybody. Of course, I got to see my friend, you know, the girls, Dixon. I, I love those girls. They're so nice to me. They're, they're wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, there's so many. I'm, I'm going to, you know, catch whatever I can for sure. Hmm. It's interesting, Jimmy, when I asked you who you wanted to see, they're nearly all guitar players you named. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, you know, trust me, there's, there's more bands. There's, there's plenty of other bands that I just, I know that I want to see. I just don't have the list in front of me. I actually started going through it the other day. I thought, and I was looking at the times. So I said, Oh, I gotta, I gotta go over and see, uh, you know, I saw Y and T on You know, I love Y and T. I said, uh, I gotta go see that. But I mean, these guys are friends. Like I'm, I'm very good friends with Joel, uh, uh, Joel Hoekstra. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. And uh, you know, many times I've met Reb a few times now because my, you know, um, Mikel Lupi from uh, the keyboard player White Snake has played on a, a couple House Lords records. I'm very good friends with him. So uh, you know, you get to meet all these people and, and become friends with them. Mm. One one of the shows I want to ask you about, Jimmy, an autograph show. You got to go to the UK in March to play one gig. Have you ever done that before? Oh yeah, bunch of times. Well, look at, uh, for example, Loud Park in Japan in Tokyo. That was one gig. I went to uh, Milan, Italy, and played the Frontiers Festival. One gig. I've done the Basby Rock Fest in Sweden. That was one. You know, it's a comes into three, you know, you arrive ahead of time, the day ahead of time, and uh, you play the show, and sometimes you fly out the next day, or you're there one more day and fly out. I've even had to do that in Brazil. We played in Rio uh, with House of Lords, uh, and Taiketo 
and uh, White Lion. And it was a one-day festival, but I was there for almost a week <laughs> before playing it. Nice. Because <laughs> you, you... So I don't mind doing that. You know, I'm, I'm I don't mind flying it. I'm I'm looking forward to playing the UK again. I haven't been over there in so long to the UK. I'm really looking forward to it. There's there's a lot of '80s bands now, and I've spoken to a few of them. And for whatever reasons, when they were big in the US, they they never really played there. And probably in the last ten or fifteen years, the UK has become a big market for some of these bands. And what some of them have told me was uh, they never realised what sort of a fan base they had over there. Um, is that something you've experienced? Well. I I will tell. I mean, I've always said this um, in the past that uh, Europe fans are are really special. I I've, I I find that the Europe uh, not not just in England but all over Europe, it seems like uh, they just love music and 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 love all kinds of music. Like I know, I personally know people that are fans of a band like House of Lords, but will go see a death metal band as well. You know, uh, it's like, I think they just love and appreciate music. Whereas sometimes in the U S if you like the real, if you like hardcore metal, you're not going to go see a, a, an eighties band. You won't go see poison, uh, or something like that because it's, it's, you know, you won't like that. And, and in your, and in your head, you're going, well, that's not, you know, what, what I like and I don't, don't appreciate it, but in honesty, you know, it's good to like, you know, it's good to appreciate all this, all kinds of music. And, and, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of that type of music, but some of the musicians and, and some of the songs are just outrageous, you know? So you gotta, you gotta always try to keep an open mind and appreciate, uh, you know, all different kinds, but that's what I think a lot of times when we go to Europe, I noticed that the fans over there are just crazy. It's, they, they really appreciate you being over there. I think that's another thing. They appreciate you coming uh, across the sea uh, to them, um, which is, you know, it's a lot. It's a, you know, it's a long plane ride. It's a lot. It's an expensive ordeal, too. You know, it's, it's not cheap, uh, you know, because once you're over there, you've got to work, uh, even if you've got to take some uh, off gigs. Uh, at a venue and stuff because you know, you know hotels cost money transportation costs money everything everything adds up hmm. and so it's it's not you know it's not cheap being from ireland i was starved of all these 80s bands and when i moved here nine years ago i think the first year i was here i think i went to 17 concerts and i had a wish list of bands from the 80s that i'd never seen and i just kept taking them off as they all came <laughs> through here <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, since then I've, I've actually spoken to a few of them about it, and they all have different reasons about why they couldn't come. A lot of it was driven by management that they were doing so well in America, why go anywhere else? That seemed to be the the, the, the main reason that they didn't do it. Well, it's funny that you said you said uh, mention Ireland um, too, because I always wanted to play um, get over to Ireland. I always. You know, because I, 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 I didn't understand why when House of Lords, I remember when we went over to England um, uh, one time, I go, why can't we, you know, get, or get over to Ireland or Scotland or, you know, anywhere, you know, why why can't we get up 
you know, get over there. You know, I, 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 I wasn't understanding, you know, of course I was, you know, I was young in the touring thing. It was, you know, early on when we went over to, and toured, did a tour in England with Dixon. But, uh, I, you know, I really wanted to get to Ireland because I, I, I know of a lot of music fans over there that I've, I've gotten messages from people. You come to, come to Ireland, come to Ireland, you know, and it's like, well, this seems to be a place that a lot of people want to see, see, uh, see the band. Can we get there? You know? And I, I guess it has to do with money. You know, it's terrible. Everything revolves around money, but that's the way it is. Mm. You know? Yeah. Jim, Jimmy, can we spend a couple of minutes talking about the new house of Lords album? Uh, yeah, new, absolutely. new world, new eyes. Um, this is what the eighth album you've done with the band. Um, when you, when you started with, with James for world upside down, did you look at it long term and say, right, we're going to be doing four, five, six, seven, eight albums? Well, I was kind of hoping, uh, you know, I, I, I always, I look at, uh, projects like this. If, if I'm delivering, if I'm constantly delivering, the look before, I don't see any reason why uh, the band can't continue. You know, if if we if we all work together and uh, you know just keep putting out music, and of course it, it's uh, it, it helps that you know Frontiers has always been with us on uh, throughout my whole journey with them so far, and that's uh, they keep re-signing the band. Which is which is great, you know. I've got I've got plenty of music still. <laughs> I've got a lot more a lot more songs in me. So uh, I, I'm really happy uh, with the the outcome of this record so far. It's got a lot of uh, uh, some cool rock stuff. Uh, it's I experimented a little more. I've got some acoustic things in here. Uh, there's there's some thing. This album's different. Uh, and I, I like it a lot. You know, we always try to do something a little different, uh, for every record. You know, sometimes you, sometimes you succeed, sometimes you don't, but, uh, so far all the records that, that I've done with them have all gotten very good reviews and I've been very proud of all of them, you know, no matter what. Mm, does, does James contact you in the very beginning before you even write and say this is the vision I have for the record. I want this one to be maybe a little bit lighter and maybe the next one you'll say, I want it to be a little bit darker or, or do you just write stuff with BJ and Chris and then send yeah, it all? I just, I just, I just start putting ideas together. I don't even discuss it with him. I kind of like, uh, he doesn't say, let's, let's do this. Uh, he pretty much is, he's pretty much open to anything that I send him. Uh, so I'll start, you know, sending out a couple things. And, uh, it's funny, the last two records, I think the first thing I sent out, he didn't like of the last, the first, the last, and I think this happened the last two records, the very first song. And then after that, they all, they started off flowing good. I think, you know, he, he's, he knows that I, I kind of know what to do, uh, especially after doing eight records. So I, I, I think he just kind of goes along with whatever I send. But I mean, he'll tell me if he doesn't like something. But it's, um, most of the time, he'll hear it and go, oh, "This, this is exactly what I'm looking for," and you know, "Oh, this is a strong track." And so that's what that's what we go with. I I, I can't wait for you to see the album cover. Um, it's amazing. It's my it's my favorite album cover so far. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. When you write the songs, I, what are you sending them? Are you sending them a couple of riffs? Are you sending them the full instrumental track with, with the guitar solo on it? And what? Uh, yeah, we DJ and I complete an entire song. When uh, when I write uh, each, I go to his house and we write and you know we do the whole song. I do two rhythm guitars, sometimes three if I need a you know uh, parts. All we, I complete the song as if it's if I'm re- as if I'm recording it, whether he uses it or not. Because I don't want to do like just a demo of the song and then he says, yeah, this is great. And then have to re-record it again. I might as well just complete it right off the bat and then it'll be done. And if he doesn't use it, no big deal. You know, then I have a, a song all ready to go for another artist. If they happen to call and say, hey, you got any material? No, oh, here, I got this song. And there's a leftover House of Lords song. What do you think of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what, uh, that's pretty much what we do we we write it as complete you know guitar solo everything i even put uh like a lot of times chris isn't uh doesn't live around here where bj and i are so i'll put a dummy bass track on it just so james could start uh working on it vocally so uh that's how i what we do is we play to a click track i have a bj builds a Builds me a picture with a drum set, so it'll be just one beat going, you know, straight through, no fills, you know, whether, whether it's a boom, crash, boom, crash, you know, that type of thing. And then uh, I play my entire song to that. Then I do my guitar solo. Then he says, "Okay, let's add bass." You know, add bass, and uh, and then and then I'll leave, and then he'll play it on the drums, and then we send it to James, and then he starts going to work on it. Hmm. Did you ever talk to James about maybe over the years, maybe trying to collaborate in the same room and write maybe one or two songs to see how different that could be? Well, you know, that would be great. Uh, it's just, you know, he lives in Florida. And uh, so he's miles away from me. Uh, and it just so happens BJ and I live, you know, about 10 minutes from each other. So, um that's the reason things get done the way that they do. It, it would be great to all, to all sit in the studio and 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 write something together. But you know, unfortunately, these days it's not really done like that a lot. And that's why a lot of you know, unfortunately, that's why a lot of the studios have closed because everybody's got their own home, um, their own home studios. And but man, I'd love to sit in a re- I haven't I haven't sat in a, a recording studio like uh, you know a big one. I'm talking about for for years now. Hmm. Yeah. So you, the last time we spoke, Jimmy, you told me that you don't hear the finished record until it's done, that James puts all the vocals on. Are you itching during him doing the vocals to actually hear what he's doing, or are you okay with it on hearing it at the very end? Um, I'm, I'm okay hearing it at, at the very end because, you know, I know what he does is is going to be even. I don't think if I even said anything to him, if I said, I don't like that. I don't think he changed it anyway. <laughs> you know, I think it's, you know, because he works hard at, at doing something. And uh, I wouldn't criticize him anyway, anything that he's doing, because usually he's, you know, spot on for, you know, he's been doing it for so long. He knows what to do. You know, that's, that's the thing when you're working with people that are seasoned and been around for years, it's not like you have to worry about it. Like, I don't, I don't worry about what James is going to do because 
I know he's going to do the best job he can on it. Just like I know Simon is, you know, going to do the best job. You know, that's why I, I, I like, you know, I, I, that makes my job easier where I don't have to worry about what the vocals are going to be. Hmm. So, so, Jimmy, I just have a couple of questions before I leave you go. Um, how many of the House of Lords band members from the late 80s and early 90s have you actually met or know? I've only, I've only recently <laughs> just met Chuck Wright, and it was the best meeting that I've had. Uh, it was so great to meet him. I, I didn't even know. We played... Uh, we played in Minnesota with, uh, it was a two day festival, rock timber. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, Vince Neal, uh, Vixen, quiet riot, you know, uh, black and blue, all kinds of, you know, the bands, Queens, right. It just, you know, the list went on forever. And it just so happened that quiet riot, Vixen and, um, autograph were sharing one big room. There was, you know, they had separate, you know, dress rooms and the three of us were in there. So I was up on stage, uh, testing out my stuff, uh, getting, you know, talking to the production guy and just saying what I needed. And I come back in and, and Randy and, and Chuck are talking and I, I didn't really know Chuck, uh, too well. So I wasn't, I didn't recognize him right, right off the bat. And he said, Jimmy, this is Chuck, right? And I was like, Oh my God. I mean, I didn't know what to say though. I said, Chuck. I said, all, all I could think of was thank you for all the incredible music that you wrote that I've been had the pleasure of playing for the last 15 years. That's my terrible, you know. I mean, what was I going to say? Uh, <laughs> you know, because it, 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 it's true. You know, he was, he was a major force in that in Hustle Lord. So it was, it was great that I had the opportunity to uh, actually meet him and and thank him for uh, the, the wonderful songs I've been playing for the last 15 years. And we got along great. We got a, we got along so good, uh, him and I. Hmm. So you've never met any of the rest of them? No, I'd love to meet Ken. I, I would. Uh, I think Ken Mary's a, an incredible drummer. Um, and that's a possibility to meet him because he's still outperforming. Greg, I'll probably never meet because uh, he just doesn't perform anymore. Uh, so, you know, I doubt that. And, and uh, Laney is so far away. You know, uh, wherever he doesn't even, he doesn't live in the U S I don't, I don't believe, I think he's, I'm, I'm not sure where he is, but I, I don't think he's in the U S but, yeah. uh, I mean, for what, for what it's worth, uh, you know, Doug Aldridge played in house of Lords, So that, that's someone that I've met and, uh, you know, so I, I find that to be great, you know, that I, I get to play some of his stuff. Yeah, I got it, it's interesting, Jimmy. I I've got my Sahara album on vinyl. I bought it when it came out, and I got it signed. The only signature I don't have on it is James, but Doug's. I I made sure I got Doug to sign it because he told me he played about ninety percent of the guitars on that record. Anyway, he did. He did. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, I I think it's so cool that that I'm actually playing a band that Doug played in. You know, it's. It's it's I, he's one of my favorite players, Doug. He really is. I I loved him in uh, I loved him in Dio. Loved him in White Snake. You know, he's 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 great. Yeah, he's uh, nice. you know, 
Nice guy too. Really nice. Oh yeah, yeah. He he wrote the nicest thing to me. I don't even. My fiance went to see him in um, in the Dead Daisies uh, when I was on the road someplace, uh, actually, and um, she just happened to mention my name. She they had a poster and they, you know they were signing stuff after. She goes, uh, uh, "Oh, my my uh, my uh, fiance is Jimmy Dolan." He just like I, he wrote the nicest thing to me, and she didn't even know that he wrote Jimmy. You know, Jimmy, you rule. You know, he just like he was really, you know, because uh, you know we know each other through the all shreds magazine and stuff, and he's uh, you know he's, he's seen a bunch of my videos, I guess. So it's it was uh, very thoughtful, and I was very grateful to see that he did that. Uh, it was made me feel good. Mm. So Jimmy, obviously you got a lot coming up. You got autograph, House of Lords. Um, I know it's your birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday! I think I'm a day, oh, I'm a day early. So um, thank you so much, my friend. Yeah. So uh, you, you got a gig on July the 11th in Enfield with Fixin and Slaughter. It's about an hour. Yeah. And a, it's about an hour and a half away. I'm going to try my damnness to make it. Oh, please do! It's free. It's it, a oh, free show. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, uh, if I was going to go, I was going to bring my ten-year-old son. I don't know whether it's an all-ages show or not. It is. It's a, it's in a park. It's uh, it's uh, it's it's on it's it's on the Enfield Green. It's a, it's a family event. It's, uh, it, yeah, they have you know. I think they have face painting. There's kids there. My my granddaughter showed up last year. So I mean, mm. yeah, no, there's there's kids, there's kids there all the time. I'm I'm actually playing twice that day. Um, on July 11th, I'm actually playing with uh, my Beyond Purple, my Deep Purple tribute band. Uh, I'm playing with that early in the afternoon. That was that was really nice of the autograph guys to uh, let me do that. Uh, they said, "Yeah, they said, yeah, you can play with your other band. Just you know, it'd be great if you could keep two bands, at least two bands in between when you come up on stage with autograph." So um, that's what uh, they they arranged it like that, where I can. There's two other acts after Beyond Purple. And then Autograph goes on somewhere around 7 o'clock. And then, um, and then Vixen and then Slaughter. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, that, that's a show now I'll try and definitely get down to, especially if it's free. No, yeah, it's free. You, you just, yeah, you, you'd be ridiculous to miss, miss it if you. And plus, yeah, you, you know, bring, uh, bring your, your ch- all your children. <laughs> <Bring them> <laughs> It's yeah. great to meet you too, Rich. I, I, I definitely, if you're coming, I have to meet you. So yeah, gotta... the interesting thing is I've never seen Autograph, I've never seen Vixen, and I've never seen Slaughter. And I've interviewed Roxy, I've interviewed Mark, I've in, obviously interviewing you now, and I've interviewed you about House of Lords. So people on all three bands I've interviewed, and I've never seen any of them. I love Roxy. I've known her for years, you know. I knew her when she, you know, way before Vixen, when, when it was just Madame X, when Madame X, when her and Maxine, her sister, were doing Madame X years and years ago, I think Sebastian Bach was singing for them. I saw them play. And uh, I, I got to talk with Roxy and Maxine so long ago. And I, I absolutely love that woman. She, both of them, I, I, I love it. They're so kind to me, always. And, you know, people like that, uh, you know, there can't be enough of them in the world. You know, I, I just think the world of them, they, they're always so sweet. Uh, oh. And I, I really, I'm very fortunate because uh, uh, in that, in that UK show, uh, Madame X is playing on it. And I haven't seen, like Roxy, I've seen a bunch of times, but I haven't seen Maxine in years since, since, since the eighties. 
So I'm really looking forward to seeing her. I'm going to give her the biggest hug. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, Jimmy, do you want to give out all the social media sites where people can get in touch with you or, or autograph? Well, yeah, autographband.com uh, for sure. That's our, our, uh, our website. Uh, of course, Autograph has a Facebook page. My website is jimmybellguitarist.com. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, houseoflordsband.com. But yeah, you know, people write me all the time on Facebook. I got, you know, I have a music page, Jimmy Bell Music. So you can write me there and, uh, or just write me on my, my Facebook page. You know, I had three Facebook, I had three Facebook pages for a while. <laughs> three of them, three of them got hacked. All three of them. So oh. I started another one. Yeah. Now I'm up to my 5,000 friend limit on that. You know, like people have nothing better to do than that, to, to, you know, you know, disrupt people's lives, you know, just stupid. Yeah. Jimmy, do you have a release date for the House of Lords record? No, yeah. I don't. I, I was I was hoping I, I did for you, but uh, unfortunately, I don't yet. So um, we'll have to wait on that. I haven't heard anything about it. Like, I was told not to, you know, they gave me strict instructions not to post the album cover. Don't post this, you know, because I asked James. And I said, hey, can I post this? He goes, no. You know, they're just... They're in the mixing stages. It's not. It's not ready to go. It's. It's. Uh, uh, all the. It's being mixed. It hasn't been mastered yet. So that's where the record's at right now. All right. But, but every, all the parts are done. It'll be. This, it'll done. be this year. Sometime this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, a couple months. I'm, okay. I'm sure it'll be. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's only going to be a couple more months. Excellent. Well, Jimmy, I'm going to let you get back at it. You got to keep practicing. Yeah. <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, actually, I only had. I only had the. Four more songs I was going to go over, but I think I'm going to go to hit the treadmill now. Because so now, saying I took this break, I do a, I do a four miles a day on the treadmill at uh, you know 50 minute miles. So I, I do it all in an hour. Nice. So, um, yeah, I, I try to keep, uh, I try to keep what, what shape I can. You know, at yeah. my age and stuff. You know. Yeah. Well, but, Jimmy, have a good birthday tomorrow, and I, and enjoy the cruise. Thank you so much. Great to talk to you again, Richie. Please yeah. stay in touch with me. I will, and Jimmy. I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting you in uh, July. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. All right. Take care right. of yourself. Yeah, okay. you too, man. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, Metalhead. Sadly, that will do it for another week of that, which we always call Focus on Metal. I uh, hope you enjoyed Richie's extensive conversation with uh, another East Coast metaler, the one, the only, Jimmy Bell. Uh, any last words? No, I love the, I love those conversations. The yeah, standard ones are always my favorite. Yeah, those are those are. I think I think a lot of people listen for that too. You know, is 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 that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, good stuff. And uh, next week, more good stuff. Of course, uh, I have no idea what the hell we're doing yet, but uh, we're backed up. Yeah, we're backed up. That's right. <laughs> we are we are backed up. If we keep discussing. Uh, we're backed up like the taster at the cheese factory. Yeah, but we, uh, uh, yeah, if we keep doing discussion pieces. We'll be backed up. But, uh, <laughs> screw it. I like the discussion. But we're, we're in a groove right now, so uh, it's a good thing, a good place. But anyways, for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for myself and me, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, remember. Focus on metal. Everything else is insignificant.
It's over. Go home.